0: Shalloway driving it toward the back post for Zusi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zusi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zusi re-elect Graham Zusi. Shalloway knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! There's only one!
1: Johnny Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Now your host, Nate Bucati.
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer. Once again, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wherever you get your podcasts and download your content as well, we appreciate you being here. And this is actually just a little behind the scenes action for you. This is take two (laughs) of, of our attempt at the first Sporting Kansas City show of the year. Many of you don't know, and I don't know if we archived it, but we recorded a Sporting Kansas City show last week. It didn't make the air because by the time we recorded it, schedules were being changed. The Sporting Kansas City Portland game was about to get postponed a couple of days. Contracts were being written, press releases were being made, and it just wasn't going to work out to have that show. It would be maybe interesting someday to go back and listen to it that really show. Would. But uh, we're here and we're actually to do it for the real. And the season has started and we're underway. My name is Nate Pukatia, and there's the voice you just heard of Allie Trost Martin. Hello, Allie. Uh, hey, how are you? <laughs> I
2: I'm good. How are you doing? It's, uh, it uh it feels good to finally get. I think it was a little bit of a bummer when we didn't get to air that first episode of the season, the real first episode of the season. This is 1B, I guess. But um, I I do think it's important to to talk about our new roles and – Talk about all the great things coming up for you. I, of course, um, so excited to be taking over and filling the very big shoes left behind for me as the voice of Sporting Kansas City this season for the local radio broadcast. Um, so yeah, let, I, I'm just I'm excited to kind of dig into some of that with yeah, you. You sounded
0: great this weekend. Well, thank you. Let, let's jump on into it, and because because this is what was intended last week we're going to do now and that is the metaphorical passing of the torch a little bit here or handing off the baton dun, h- however dun, you dun, want to dun, see it dun, but dun. we were going to announce this stuff on the show now if you're listening to this show by now you probably have seen the news releases or you've interacted on social media or you listened to the game on monday night and you know this stuff but we'll just go ahead and do it formally anyway um it's been a little bit of a whirlwind over the past few weeks for all of us um, and you know, look, maybe we might get into some of the, 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 way it's personally affected the two of us, but the more important things is you guys, uh, the people that love sporting Kansas city. Um, I have, uh, I have now joined major league soccer's broadcast team to call major league soccer games. Um, I will be doing some games for Fox I will be doing some games for Apple, and let's just face it, anytime they call me and ask me to go do a game, I'm going to say yes and go do that game with a song in my heart, and I'm really thrilled and excited for the opportunity. We're going to get into the Apple deal here in a little bit, but I do firmly believe that this league is at the precipice of uh, something really big. I think this is, we can all see another one of those watershed moments For a league that's had several watershed moments over its relatively short lifespan, but this one is, uh, this is a big one. And uh, where things head from here with just three years to go until the World Cup comes to the United States and here in Kansas City, um, I think we're all excited to try to be whatever part of it we can, those of us that love the league and love the team. So from that end, I'm just incredibly excited to get this opportunity. I want to do everything I can to make the most of it. I want to represent the league. Well, I want to represent Apple and Fox. Well, I want to represent Kansas city. Well, I've heard from a lot of, of you guys, um, suggesting that to me, you know, Hey, rep, rep KC. Well, and I, I certainly hope to do that every way I possibly can. Um, it all came together so quickly that the part that, that comes next is something that, uh, hit me in a lot of different ways emotionally. And that is a person that I have really held in high esteem since the first time I saw her, uh, hustling on the sidelines, unpaid, doing her thing, to joining us on the broadcast crew the last year and a half with Sporting Kansas City, and a person that I encouraged to expand and and challenge herself to to do more um, and and grow into her play-by-play skills, which she has really done, Allie Trost Martin is the new voice of sporting Kansas City. And I gotta be honest with you, Allie. I have a lot of mixed emotions about that because this Past eight years of getting to be the announcer for Sporting KC has been the greatest eight year period of my professional life. It's been a dream come true to work for a first class organization in my hometown like this, a team that I love so much, a city that I love so much, and and I've felt the love back from everybody in the organization that entire time. And I've just taken an an incredible amount of pride in having that job. And to think that somebody else has that gig now hurts a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Mm -hmm. But the thing that soothes that hurt is that it's you and I'm just so excited for you. I know you're going to do incredible things in this job. It's happened fast. Very I mean, fast. your, your, your rise has been meteoric here <laughs> and, and, and deservedly so um, because you've, you just, you you've got it all. You work your butt off, you're positive, you're enthusiastic, you're energetic, you care, um, you treat people the right way. So congratulations, the new voice of Sporting Kansas City Allie Trost-Martin. How does it feel oh, to hear that?
2: It It's surreal because of kind of what you had just mentioned a little bit ago, and that is um, some of the early days of my journey trying to break into sports broadcasting. It's been um, a very up and down last five years that started with this kind of uh, lost in a way, but just kind of bright eyed, young, recent college grad who had this like little kind of fire inner belly to to really pursue sports broadcasting. I started out in college with the intention uh, of doing that. I walked into I'll never forget my like journalism 101 class where you kind of get the the download on everything coming up the next four years and all the different directions that you can go, the different disciplines you can pursue. And I remember talking to a bunch of different people in the class, like, oh like what do you want to do? What like when you get out of school, what's your what's your goal? And uh, I, along with a lot of girls in that class, wanted to be the next Erin Andrews. And a lot of, you know, a big reason for that was because she was the most visible female in a sports broadcasting role mm-hmm. at the time that I was mm-hmm. kind of growing up and watching, you know, a lot of NFL games. I'll never forget, like, Super Bowl watch parties with my friends and, and just, you know, you, you never really saw especially compared to how many women you see now in a variety of roles, not, and that's not to diminish sideline reporting, because I did it. I think it's a very valuable sure. role in a broadcast. But, you know, a lot of the time it was just seeing a woman in that particular role. And so for me, I never really even thought of all the possibilities that could exist for me in the broadcast space. And so when I moved here and was starting to kind of just pursue opportunities, reps, many of which I created on my own very early on and somehow convinced the Sporting KC communication staff to let me down on the field after games doing interviews with Peter Vermees uh, on my Nikon camera and flimsy tripod from Best Buy. <laughs> like, have no idea how that got greenlighted, but it was such a valuable experience and something that gave me a lot of confidence to keep going. And I think for anybody, no matter what it is, they are in pursuit of having people and moments that just feed that confidence a little bit more. You're going to have a lot of moments that knock Mm -hmm. your confidence below the ground, but all it takes is those little bits that just keep you going. And so I've been very fortunate here in Kansas city to have so many of those pivotal moments in my career where somebody or something gave me that little bit of confidence to keep going and believe in myself and think I could do something that may have scared me a little bit or was something new, but, Hey, you can do it because I believe in, believe in you, and so you've been a huge um, proponent of mine in my in my career, a huge advocate of mine, and I mean the confidence that you've given me that Sporting Kansas City's given me by even entrusting me with something like this. It's something I take very seriously. You've set a great example, and everything you were saying about what this job has meant to you. Um, it's evident to everybody who's ever heard you do a game, who's ever seen you out in the community, um, wearing a Sporting KC shirt, doing some event uh, on behalf of the club. So I just hope to be even a fraction of that, but I am just excited to keep growing with a club that has really been there since the very beginning of my broadcast journey. Literally, since I moved to Kansas City, I reached out a month in to the Blue Testament, which is of course the former SB Nation site covering Sporting Kansas City and said, hey, I just need a credential and I'm just I want to do anything that I can. So I'd love to work with you guys. And, you know, that ended up being the start of what's been a an amazing five year relationship with the club and with Kansas City and getting to grow as a broadcaster and grow in my love of the game, my love of this league. I mean, like you said, we are on the precipice of a very exciting time in Major League Soccer and it is incredible to see i think anybody who watched mls season pass no matter what your initial thoughts are of hey this could be better or this could be that you know the fact is what we saw on saturday sunday and monday night was something that has never been uh, that's never existed in the coverage of ma- major league mm-hmm. soccer up to this point and how cool to see the investment and to see it on on display that way it was it was amazing
0: yeah, so my my only, um, just, I, it's something that I probably thought I, I realized I should have said to you a long time ago, listening to you talk right now, it's very kind of you to say that you have big shoes to fill, but the truth is, the only fills you, uh, shoes you have to fill are your own, and this job, this is your job, you know, and you need to make it your own, and you don't need to be uh, the next Nate Bucati or anybody else, you need to be the first Ali Trost Martin, and um Make this job, put your own stamp on it, you know, and I think everybody trusts you to do that and knows you're going to do it well. So we're all very excited. So so I'll lay some things out because, by the way, this is my last time, unless I'm filling in for Allie because she's got other big time stuff to do. This is the last time I'm starting the show, okay? Allie's hosting this show going forward. Now, one thing I will say I'm excited about is I plan to be as involved with the club as possible going forward. So I plan to be a regular uh, per, uh, a regular contributor on this show. I should be on every week unless there's something schedule permitting that doesn't allow it to happen. Um, but uh, but Allie's going to be hosting the show going forward. And uh, on that note, why don't you lay out the menu for what we're going to talk about on the show today?
2: Well, Nate, we are going to talk about what uh, I just mentioned, and that is the new MLS season pass. I think just giving our uh, our thoughts about what we saw on that opening weekend, maybe talk about some of the games as well, maybe moments that stood out to us. You, of course, were on the call for that. Um, For that Seattle Colorado game Mm -hmm. on Sunday night, that was on FS1. Great job, by the way, you and Tony Miola. Thank you. We'll also be calling Sporting in Colorado this weekend on MLS Season Pass. So everyone I know looking forward to that as well. I mean, Colorado's got to be a little upset about that, but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Just to have two Sporting KC guys, (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) But um, no, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, some of the recent news going on around Sporting Kansas City, some new players in some um, things that you may have missed that happened just before that opening weekend. Um, So we'll get into some of that news and notes. And then, uh, yeah, we'll talk about this upcoming Colorado game um, this weekend. Sporting Kansas City lost to Portland 1-0 on the road in week one, looking to bounce back. A lot of positives to take away, a lot of good things to build on. um, But we'll have a good test in a in a difficult place to play against a team that manager Peter Vermees thinks uh, didn't maybe show their best selves in that in that week one loss 4-0 to the Seattle Sounders. So that's kind of what's all coming up on the show today. And uh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's get it started. And um, I want to start with what you touched on, which is the Apple 360 or, or the M- MLS season pass, all of the Apple TV coverage. Um, I was on location with Tony Miola. We were able to sit down and watch all of Saturday's stuff wall-to-wall, starting with the 4.30 game between Nashville and NYCFC through basically what was like a triple header of action. And, uh, and then because we had the game on Sunday night, and of course then sporting didn't play until Monday night in this thing. Um, what was your reaction? What did you think for opening night, this brand-new venture, what uh, maybe what was the biggest uh, takeaway for you?
2: Well, the first thing that stood out to me was just the, the picture quality. I mm-hmm. think that's something that... MLS fans you know for a long time now have just gotten accustomed to is a bit of a lesser quality picture than a lot of the other sports they're probably used to watching some of those games being other soccer games like if you're a fan of the Premier Mm -hmm. League you're watching two different kind of picture uh, qualities if you're a fan of an MLS team and and a Premier League team just as one example so I think that was the number one thing that stood out to me but even just the fact that there was so much comprehensive coverage available in one place I, I think that's been maybe the hardest part about being a fan of mls is just how much on game day is lacking in terms of a one-stop shop for just hey here's a pre-game show pre-gaming all the matches happening on a set with you know graphics and videos that are playing with you know just really insightful content and and insights that just help give fans a nice little appetizer to what they're about to watch Um, all the games kicking off at the same time was something that I was I I enjoyed a lot it felt more like an event than MLS ever has in years past it's just been like okay well I think this game's at this time on this day and this game's at this time on this day and you just never really got to enjoy all the games at once and it was just a lot of going back and catching up and most of it, you know, I think for me was a lot of just, okay, we're sporting's got this opponent, this upcoming week. So I'll, I'll try to watch their game after, you know, working the sporting game, but just knowing that you can go and kind of watch all the games in one place. I I love the MLS 360 concept. I think there's still some bugs that need to be worked out with it as, you know, new things often have, but um, all in all, I think it's going to be a, just an even more enjoyable product for fans to watch. And I think the feedback all in all was, was very good. So I, I think the positives definitely outweighed the negatives. And I think we'll see them continue to evolve what this thing looks like over the next couple of, of months and years.
0: So something that stood out to me when I was watching that I hadn't really thought about much before um, as we were just trying to get our arms around what this all was going to be. And I'm going to be interested to see if it turns out this way. You know, one of the issues that we hear about with the sport of baseball, for example, they're battling right now the regional sports network situation, right, where you could buy the MLB package, but you can't watch your hometown team on it because they're blacked out because they've got an exclusive right with the regi- rights deal with the regional sports network. Some of those regional sports networks are in financial trouble right now, all of those things. There's no uniformity to it. And baseball has become a sport where, in large part, it seems to be that fans are are, are a fan of their team, but they're not really interested in watching the rest of the league, right? Um, unless you like a really hardcore into rotisserie baseball or something, how likely are you to watch a Cincinnati Reds game or to even really know much about the Cincinnati Reds if you're a Kansas City Royals fan? And obviously that's something that the NFL has over every other league in this country right now, which is – You watch the NFL. If you're an NFL fan, you're watching Red Zone. You might not be watching every single game, but you're watching Red Zone, and you're aware of all of the drama that's happening across the league. You're educated on who the star players are, and that makes the whole product more exciting. I feel like this is a major step for Major League Soccer to turn what I think has been a lot of the same type of thing— People in Seattle love them, some Seattle Sounders. People in Kansas City love them, some Sporting KC. But how well do you know the rest of the league? How interested are you in the rest of the league? And I think with this type of thing, that product there, like you said, you turn on the pregame and you're getting pregame stuff about all the stars across the league. Mm -hmm. We were watching it, the stoppage time goals. I'm watching stoppage time goals in D.C. I'm watching stoppage time goals. Tiago Almada is anybody that's watching it is talking about him now because he had two goals late in that game game for Atlanta. And I I think if you get people there, and I think that's the big thing, getting people into the door, Mm -hmm. hey, check this app out, check this product out. And once they get it, I think most of us that had it were very pleased with it and entertained. I think that could be a big step for the league because of this product, and that's what really hit me this weekend.
2: I could not agree more. I think one of the things that – and it's funny because that was the biggest uh, criticism when this whole new deal was announced and everything was moving to Apple and it was going to be MLS season pass, and and, and it is very true that I think maybe up to this point a fan of Major League Soccer was more so a fan of their individual team. And I do think that this platform is going to maybe not change every – person who watches major league soccer or watches their team it may not turn every single person on to all of the games or maybe all of the games happening in their you know respective conference of the team that they follow but I think it's going to convert a lot more people maybe than we even think and you know another thing that NFL does really well with the red zone feature in particular is like it gives people who may have more of a rooted interest in the (laughs) outcomes of what is happening. And so I'm actually very interested to see how maybe the gambling side as sports gambling Mm -hmm. becomes legalized in more places and more normalized or so much more coverage going out around um, all of that. I'm interested to see how this app and this platform kind of coincides with some of that, because I do think it's going to help. And I also think that what we saw on Saturday night with the way that the games played out and having a whip around show Like, soccer is exciting. There were 31 goals in those first 10 games of the season. And a lot of times people think that soccer lacks some of the excitement or it's like, oh, it's, you know, the regular season's so long. It's like, no, there's a lot of excitement to be enjoyed from week to week. And I think having the coverage set up in a way that helps elevate that and make that – Um, known to people is only going to do a better job of hammering some of those storylines and changing the narrative around Major League Soccer and around the sport and maybe changing what some misconceptions are out there that people might have.
0: Okay, so we, uh, we're we going to take a break here. The first segment of the Sporting Kansas City show is in the books. We're going to talk when we come back about a 1-0 loss for Sporting KC in Portland. We'll unpack that a little bit. Get ready for the big game against the Colorado Rapids coming up. And as Ali touched on as well, there's a new player edition that came out just today that's a big, significant one for Sporting KC as well. And we might talk a little bit about just what happened in the offseason getting ready for this 2023 campaign as well. This is the Sporting Kansas City Show. Back after this. You're listening to the Sporting
1: KC Show on Sports Radio 810
0: WHB. Welcome back to the Sporting
2: Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer. Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Allie Trost-Martin. First time welcoming you all into the show uh, in the place of Nate Katie, who's still here with us. I didn't kick him out of the studio (laughs) just yet. Uh, We're going to talk about that season opener for Sporting Kansas City, a 1-0 loss on the road against the Portland Timbers. Tough game. We'll get into all of that, but also forgot to mention in the first segment as part of the show menu, we will have Jordan Angeli with the Colorado Rapids. She is the team analyst and reporter joining us in the next segment to close out the show and help us preview this second game of the season for sporting in Colorado on the road for Sporting KC in Commerce City, Colorado at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. That is Saturday night, 830 p.m. Central Time. And Nate, you'll be on the call again with Tony Miola.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously very excited about that. Um, first of all, getting to be in the venue there at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Second of all, um, I, I'm going to get to call a lot of games with Tony Miola this year. And there's a Tony Miola jersey hanging in the hallway here at the Union Bro- Broadcasting Headquarters. He's obviously been a legend in this town for a long time. But one of the things that was really cool to me to get to work with him for the first time on calling a game, this man is incredibly prepared. I mean, he is... He is very professional about this. I realized right off the bat I'm going to learn a lot from him about calling games, and uh, hopefully that's a process that never stops in terms of Mm -hmm. learning how to call games. Um, It was really fun getting to call that first game of the year with him, and I'm looking forward to this one as well. Um, and I and two teams that really want to win, you know, they, they opened up with losses away from home, so they're both going to be desperate to get a result in this game, which usually makes for a pretty good game.
2: Yep. So let's talk about uh, that loss that Sporting Kansas City suffered on the road at Portland, one nil, and really it was outside of that opening ten minutes that Sporting Kansas City uh, kind of had the game lost for them. There was a, an early mistake, and then followed shortly after by. What ended up being the goal in the six minute Juan David Mascara wingback for the Portland Timbers, slotted one in far post. And that was kind of uh, that was all it took really for Portland, despite Sporting Kansas City really controlling the rest of that game, creating a flurry of chances. Uh, Just a couple of statistics here to show just how dominant Sporting Kansas City were, not just in that game, but across the league in terms of their offense. They had 27 crosses from open play in the season opener, which was the second most in MLS during week one. Um, they also had 164 passes in the attacking third on Monday, which was also the second most in MLS. And in that game against Portland, they outshot the Timbers 12-7, to had 57.3% of the possession, and had an edge in the expected goals statistical category as well. So really, Nate, it just kind of came down to sporting were unlucky and not being able to finish some really good chances, but I will say David Bingham and Goal came up big on a few occasions and if you give Eric Tommy maybe another crack at a couple opportunities, William Agata, another crack at a couple of opportunities, Sporting Kansas City probably find the equalizer.
0: We, well, we saw Tommy and Agata both do what they did last year, kind of. Um, you know, Tommy with that volleyed shot attempt and then the chip, those were both really good efforts and the goalkeeper was, was in the right position both times and made the saves, good saves, Willie Agata gets on the end of a header. We talked about it. Every single game, whether it's a game he's super involved in or a game he barely has any involvement in, he's going to get on the end of a header, and he's going to put a good effort on it. This one, I mean, he almost, what I used to say was, he's going to get on the end of a header, and he's going to put it on target. And he almost always does. This one, missed the target by inches. By inches. And, uh, you know, if that goes in, you're going home with a point in your pocket. I think you're feeling really good about things. And we've talked about this. I tweeted it during the game. Remy Voltaire was, to me, the man of the match. And I'm looking at the advanced stats in this. He had more touches than anybody on the field in the game, and that's because he ran by far further than anyone on the field. 7.28 miles. Nobody else got to seven miles on the field for either team. Uh, He just was – and and at the end of the game – when Sporting was really driving the action and everybody was pressed forward, he was still intercepting passes when Portland would try to you know, hit on the counter. He was chasing guys down if they did get it ball, uh, the ball into the midfield area. He was incredible in the game. And so, to me, I, I want to make sure I, I shout out his performance. But I thought overall for Sporting KC it was a really good performance on the day.
2: Well, I, I think what is very evident in watching that game, this team at the start of this season – this is not the same way that 2022 started. This okay. team has so many of the pieces. And right now, outside of maybe just a couple of injuries, um, are are really close to being where they want to be, even in just talking with some of the players after the game, talking with manager Peter Vermees today, who um, had some media availability. The optimism and just mindset around where this team is at right now, despite the loss, is in a completely different place as it should be mm-hmm. and I thought that the performance overall is incredibly strong and you're spot on about Remy Voltaire; he was everywhere in that game and it's funny just because we hear so many times that you know the the eight the more advanced midfield role is his more natural position but dang if he is not consistent and shows up and puts on a really strong performance wherever he's needed in the game. And Vermees even said today, like he compares him to Seth Sinovic. The guy was a winner. He helped contribute to a lot of wins for Sporting Kansas City, and he was consistent in executing the responsibilities of the role that he was put in on the field. And I just think Remy Voltaire has done just that. And I even have a – I'm recalling even a conversation I had with him maybe in late 2021 or early 2022 where I was asking him about which role – in in the game he preferred and he was like whatever well, one puts me on the field wherever I just get to go out and play and have minutes and I think that that dedication has paid dividends for sporting and could grow him into maybe being a better six than he is an eight because mm-hmm. he's just been so consistent and, and seems to really and in, in that game in particular have a lot more confidence even in that role than even last year
0: and so uh, one of the one of the storylines as well was going into the season, this this person that's going to play center back next to Andreu Fontas, the two-time Defensive Player of the Year for Sporting KC. And we got some news on that that I know you're going to give us in a moment, Allie. But for this game and for at least the next few games, it looks like it's going to be Robert Voleter. You asked Peter Vermees about him a little bit at, uh, at, at his media availability today had a mistake early in the game, but what did we think of his performance as the match went on? I I think it was one of
2: those situations where as soon as that happened, and and John Polskamp kind of talked to us about this as well, that you you don't want it to be this way, but sometimes those mistakes really kind of shake the team and wake them up a little bit. And and you don't want to need those things to happen in a game to get the team back on and and locked in. But for the rest of the way, Robert Voleter had a solid Game and and that was also keep in mind only the second time that he and Andreu Fontas have started together in a game so you know this is a back line and in that in those center back roles that doesn't have a lot of experience playing alongside one another in real competitive minutes so expect to see Voliter only continue to grow and improve and expect to see the pairing of Voliter and Fontas until uh, the new signing that was announced Danny Rosero who we'll get into a little bit here in a minute but first let's. Throw it to some sound from Peter Ramiz talking about some of those U22 initiative signings. He talked about Robbie Volitor's growth and improvement. And he also talked about Marinos Johnny's who subbed into the game and made an impact and has really taken his role seriously uh, since coming back for this preseason.
1: I think for the young guys, especially, that, you know, maybe, again, they don't have as much experience as a guy who's like 26, 27, 28, like that. And you have a lot of games under your belt getting adapted and acclimated to a place is sometimes a little bit easier. When you bring in a young guy, again, not as many games under your belt, you have to get familiar with the league. There's just a lot of things that you're kind of getting used to um, and you're still getting used to it as a, prof- you know, a, a top professional. And so I think for those guys really getting even their life just situated here in Kansas City, all of those things on and off the field, um, they're just much more mature about it and more comfortable and at ease on an everyday basis. Um, but I also think they've, they've found their place in the team. Like like an example is is that uh, Marinos, uh, you know, we had, we had a green card situation with him. And, you know, there's a rule in the league that basically you have to have your interview and everything done by compliance date. And he was, adamant that i'm not leaving because I, I work so hard in the off season i, I want to fight for my spot i want to show and I, I we all appreciated that and so we were able to change his interview to work for us and for him when we came back to kansas city so he could stay that full time period and credit to him is that he's very fit he's he's he, he took the message of making sure you come back all long off season. So I, I just see the maturity from those guys that way. And, and Robbie's the same way. Um, you know, Robbie Robbie understands. Like he understood even when he's coming in here where he needed to get better, um, and he's worked at that, and he's already better, and he continues to, to kind of grow in that. But one thing that's really important for all those kind of guys is, is you gotta play. You gotta get games. And, and so like even Robbie's game the other day, maybe you know he has, a, he has, a, he has a, 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 a poor decision in playing the ball back, but John comes up with a big save and now all of a sudden he's in the game and after that he was pretty darn solid. And, and you gotta live to fight those situations and you grow from that and that's the important aspect. And I think that's what those guys are doing. <clears throat>
2: Okay, so there is manager Peter Vermees. But like I said, some big news coming down today for Sporting Kansas City after losing center back Courtney Ford during preseason to a very unfortunate Achilles injury. Just again, heart goes out to Courtney Ford, who put in so much work this offseason to get back and had some big goals for himself, will be out for 2023 Sporting Kansas City wanted to go and reinforce that center back position. And they do so by signing 29-year-old center back Danny Rosero in a transfer from Atlético Junior out of Colombia, his native country. He also has experience playing in Argentina. And today Vermees talked about Rosero, what he's going to bring to this club, how badly he wanted to come and play for Sporting Kansas City, and even compared him to some former Sporting Kansas City greats.
1: Has an excellent profile as a central defender size, uh, athleticism, and all the aspects like, you know, agility, speed, Um, presence, for sure, in the area of the field, Um, good on the ball, good 1v1 defender, very durable, played consistently a large number of games every single year for his career. A lot of experience. So, so uh, credit to um, Player Personnel Department uh, and, and, and Brian, Brian did a really good job of flying there on short notice and because the deal was kind of off and we made a decision to, we're going on the ground to go and try and do the deal face to face and credit to him and he, he worked really hard to get the deal done so at a short notice. So it was, uh, it was really important. We, it was a guy that we really liked and wanted to get. Um, he's incredibly excited to be here. I can tell you that, you know, my number of times talking to him, he wanted from the very get-go to just, the deal wasn't gonna, it was hard trying to get the deal done. You know, Not more from him, but you know, club to club. And they worked with us as well. It was just that I understood their situation. Their season's basically just started. He's their best defender. They're not in the greatest of place to start off the season and they needed the guy. And so it wasn't easy for them as well. But they also were incredibly respectful to uh, uh, support the decision of the player because he really wanted to come at the end. And I think Brian being on the ground is there a center back you could compare him to that we might know? Because it's been hard to scout him for us. What? He's got some mm, – uh, oh, it's a tough one. Uh, he is – he's maybe a little bit like a mixture of Ike and um, – uh, Colin. Like, if you push those two guys together, he's a little bit like those two guys. Because um, both those guys were really good in the air. This guy's good in the air. Uh, both those guys were decent on the ball. This guy is. is he might be, he, Danny might be a little bit better on the ball. Probably both those guys wouldn't like me saying that, but he might be. Um, both those guys were good 1v1 defenders. He is as well. Both those guys had good presence on the field. He does. So I would say a little combination of those two guys.
2: All right, Nate. So there is Ramiz talking about Rosero. And if if he comes in and does the things that uh, I think he's expected to, this is looking like it's going to be a, a really fantastic signing for Sporting cases. I mean,
0: I don't want to overstate it, but this the success of this season could come down to how good of a signing this really is. If he turns out to be the perfect center back pairing, for Andreu Fantas, I feel like you have a complete team. We especially once everybody starts to get healthy. Uh, we had the news today that Alan Polito was in full training for the first time. That didn't happen the whole time I was in Arizona. We were at practice today. He was out there in full contact training. That means he's getting closer and closer to making his debut. We saw Gadi Kinda out there doing some uh, some some work today. He's obviously further behind Polito, but just seeing him out there and getting work in is positive. Obviously, Johnny Russell is going to be working his way back from an injury. You get all those guys in. The midfield that we saw against Portland, the attacking players like Agata and Shallowy and John East, on top of that, it's just you just go, okay, if the center back pairing is solid, what is going to hold this team back from having a special season? So a big, big signing. Now look, he's got to get his P one visa. Yep, I was just he's gonna say. get his feet on the ground. Uh, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see the way that that he integrates to the team as well. But if they nailed that signing, that that's going to be absolutely crucial for this team, I think.
2: And, and something I think is really important for fans to keep in mind right now that can be hard is it's a long season, and Vermees talked about that today. This is going to be This is – they're in it for the long haul. I mean, mm-hmm. even when it comes to the injury to Johnny Russell – and sporting's always been very conservative in, in working guys back because it's better to get a guy back fully healthy and ready to go than to have someone who's playing, you know, at 80 percent at or 70 percent or God forbid, you know, 50 percent. And with the addition of the League's Cup this year, with an expanded playoff format, you're going to need your entire bench to go out and and win games and make a run and all this is going to do is going to give more young players opportunity. Vermes even alluded to in his press conference today. You're going to see more rotation. You're not going to see Roger Espinosa necessarily playing 90 minutes from week to week. You're going to see some rotation there. You've got guys uh, who they signed this offseason who still need to get fully fit. Tim Leibold at, center, uh, at left back. Uh, Nemanja Rodoya at the defensive midfield spot. You know, There's there's all these players who are going to be key parts of this team and contribute. It's just it's it's a buildup, you know. It's going to take some time to really get all those pieces, and and they want to make sure that they manage that appropriately because of how many games and just the demand physically of this twenty twenty three campaign.
0: No doubt about it. So uh, the 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 off season for sporting, you mentioned Radoya, Leibold, and now they've brought in three different center backs to go along with uh, Andreu Fantas at that position. But outside of that, I mean, we're talking about a team that that returns largely intact. And so I, I, a lot of times people might say, well, you didn't make the playoffs last year. Why do you want to do that? 6-2 two and 2 down the stretch, you know, and the way that they, they closed the season out, I think there was a lot of momentum there. And you can understand why this is a team. Conversely, we're about to talk about Colorado in a minute. They didn't make the playoffs, and they went out and made blockbuster trades, and they brought in guys on, they brought in a designated player on defense, they brought in midfielders, they brought in forwards, they changed a lot of things, and so I think it's going to be interesting, you know, the two different approaches come in, and meet head-to-head on Saturday.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting game. Uh, two teams in the Western Conference that just a few years ago, Nate, were were fighting for those top three spots, uh, and a very well-run organization by Robin Frazier, the head coach over there, so it's going to be an exciting match, 8 30 p.m central time on Saturday night and now coming up to preview that game Jordan Angeli uh, team reporter and analyst for the Colorado Rapids is going to join us in this next segment so be sure to stay with us we'll be right back after this
1: you're listening to the sporting KC show on sports radio 810 WHB
2: and we're back to wrap things up on this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City show on Sports Radio 10 WHB. I'm Allie Trost-Martin, joined, as always, by Nate Bucati. And now joining the show, we have Colorado Rapids team reporter and analyst Jordan Angeli joining us to help preview this game Saturday night. Jordan, how's it going?
3: I am very honored to be here with uh, Sporting Kansas City play-by-play legend <laughs> and a soon-to-be legend, and alley. Oh my
2: gosh. I yeah, to get you both.
0: This is amazing. I know. <laughs> what a treat, right? Flattery will get you everywhere, Jordan. You you know your uh, you know your people well here. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, just to you guys up a little bit at yeah. first, right? Well, and hey, we feel... No, thanks
2: for having me, you guys. Uh, well, we feel the exact same. Have loved your work across the league um, over the years. And so I'm sure everyone in Colorado is thrilled to have you there. We're thrilled to have you on the show yeah. helping us preview this game. Obviously, an unfortunate way to start the season on the road against the Seattle Sounders, who already uh, kind of had maybe a, a head start on everybody with the Club World Cup. Uh, 4-0 loss for the Colorado Rapids there. It's the first game of the season, hard to get too high or too low on any result. But what would you say has been maybe the the mood of the group and and the biggest takeaways after that first game?
3: What you just said is so right. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. I think for anybody in this first week, uh, it's a really difficult task to go to Seattle at any point of the season. Um, especially the Seattle Sounders team who didn't make the playoffs for the first time in their MLS history. Uh, They had the club world cup where they felt like they played a pretty good game and didn't get the result that they wanted. So it felt like there was a little bit of like, we want to put our foot down and stomp into this MLS season and say, Hey, we're here and don't forget about us. So that was going to be a challenge for any team. And for the rapids with a lot of changes, a lot of new faces Players coming into the mix from you know not just youth players and Darren Yappi, but Andreas Maxu in the back line, Alex Gerzbach, and the, that whole left side was a new um, side of the field for this Rapid squad. There are going to be some growing pains, and I kind of under the the like thinking that. It's better to have that lesson right now than it is in two months, in a month. You know, learn it early. Figure out the ways that you can tweak certain things within your game plan. So I think when I spoke with Robin Frazier this week, he was saying, you know, I, there's so much that can be taken out of this game. And there's a lot of really good points. And uh, so there's there's a positive side to it. But I think the thing that the Rapids, in in general, and got to speak with a lot of the players last night as well, is just – they know that they can be a little bit more competitive. Not a little bit. They, they can be a lot more competitive. Can they win more duels? Can they win more uh, 50-50 balls? Uh, stronger in challenges. Put up a little bit more of a fight because that was what was lacking. And I think that that's never, you know, as a competitive athlete, that's never something you want to lack as your effort. So I think that that was a good lesson learned early in the season. And now the team has been really – um, looking strong and competitive this week during during training sessions leading up to this first home game.
0: Okay, so I, I took a few notes, Jordan, while uh, you were talking there and, and doing the game for Fox with Tony Miola on Sunday night. You mm-hmm. know, you're you're making observations as you watch the game, and especially when you get to work with a Hall of Famer like Tony, he's really noticing things. And yeah. the, thing, the notes I, I jotted down in the game that really stood out, you mentioned the midfield battles. It didn't seem like the midfielders for the Rapids were ever really able to impose themselves on the game, and a lot of that might have been because the midfield was just getting bypassed. They just didn't have a chance to get yeah. involved. But – that left side of the Rapids defense, they, they got they got uh they got exposed a little bit in terms of just space in behind them. And it's always interesting when you see in the game because it looked like for the first fifteen minutes or so, Seattle was kind of mm-hmm. pinned in, the pressure was bothering them. Yeah. Then once they figured out, wait, we can get in behind the two new guys, Gersbach and Max that's where they had their joy. I know that's not a surprise to Robin Frazier. I he doesn't need somebody like me to tell him that. So I'm guessing that's something they're really aware of coming into this game. Is that fair to say, like, hey, this was a yeah. problem for us, and, and I would think it's not going to be as easy for Sporting KC to try to get in behind on that side of the uh, of, of the Rapids' attack this week?
3: Absolutely. They're, they're aware of it. Sporting Kansas City is aware of it. Uh, I think everybody that watched the Rapids in that first game is going to say, okay, this might be a way that we can pick them apart. But I do think there are very few teams in – In MLS in general, I I don't think just the Western Conference who have the fluidity and attacking power that Seattle does when they you know pick a lock. You know, with Ladero, Mm -hmm. Morris, Roldan, both Roldans in this situation on on the right side, they they were just they smelled blood and they just went for it. So I do think that like I said, what a time to learn that lesson against the best of the best. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to figure out a way to adapt and not get pulled apart so much from that midfielder who's trying to tempt your back line to come into that half space. I think they learned some good lessons, but I do think that this rapid squad showed a lot of positivity um, in the way that they can play through the midfield. As you mentioned, I think there weren't a lot of times where we saw the midfield. When we did see them, it was really positive, especially Connor Ronan, this new player from Wolves. Um, I, I thought that he was very productive with what he could do. And in the absence of Jack Price, a leader, a captain, he kept the ball, he kept it well. I would say my one thing that I think the Rapids are looking in the midfield to increase in this second game is if they do break a line on a half turn, can Cole Bassett punish the the team with a positive touch. Can Ralph Friso or whoever is in the midfield there punish a team with a positive first touch to totally take out that midfield line? So there are, this is what I'm saying, these are the lessons you love to learn early on in the season and just tweak a few things because it's not easy to break down a sporting Kansas City midfield, but if you do it, you got to make them pay for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you just all of that you nailed it and i mean what you said about the sounders too i mean every time i watch them and, and when they're getting going in the attack i always say it's like watching like backyard soccer i mean it's like just oh, the, yeah. the fluidity the fun the the creativity um it, it's hard to stop that and especially when they've already had time to maybe get a head start on other team that other teams uh-huh. this year um you know you mentioned connor ronan i agree with you i thought he was a huge bright spot in this game i want to pick your brain about Darren Yappy and, and you know I know for a lot of Sporting Kansas City fans seeing the news that Diego Rubio is going to be sidelined for a couple of weeks after having to undergo a knee surgery he of course was the leading goal scorer for the Rapids last year um, how do you anticipate you know this this young player stepping in uh, and, and taking this opportunity based on what you saw this this first game and what you've seen in training leading up uh, to the season
3: I think he has so much potential. He's a real bright spot. And, uh- He has, this is going to sound weird, but I do think there are similarities when you talk about playing a nine. When Rubio plays a nine, he's more of a false nine and he wants to be a playmaker more. Mm -hmm. And actually, Yappy had that in the game. He was a good target forward. He sometimes came into the midfield and playmaked a little bit, but that's not his bread and butter. He wants this team to build through, you know, some central midfielders, utilize the speed and the pace of the wingers for the Rapids, and be a target man in the box. I think there's going to be some really good moments from Yappy and there's going to be some moments where you can tell that you know, he's only had two starts in MLS. But that's exactly what you want to do when you have a player like that, is can you get this real-life experience in in games that matter in these MLS games to start to figure out, okay, how do I play against Sporting Kansas City? Is it different than how I play against Seattle? There's going to be those type of moments of growth for him. But, man, he's big. He's strong. He gives you exactly what you guys what, what you want as a nine, and I think you guys probably are hoping you get for a nine back at some point this season. Um, it, 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 he has such a good target ability. There's only growth for this kid, and I think it is important to remember he's a kid, but it's hard not to get too high on him.
0: We're visiting with Jordan Angeli, and I want to let everybody know again, when you want to watch this or listen to this game on Saturday night, if you're here in Kansas City, of course, you can listen to Allie Trost-Martin on the call right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. If you want to check out the new Apple TV MLS season pass, this game is behind the paywall. So they're putting a lot of games in front of the paywall. This is not one of them. So, hey, you got to sign up. And then you get to watch me and Tony Miola call the game as well pretty soon you're going to get to have the option of listening to Allie call the game as well. That function is only going to be available for home games this year. Hopefully next year, you'll have the choice of listening to your local radio commentators or the Apple TV commentators home and away. But this year, that's just going to be available for home games. So 8.30 on Saturday night. This it,
2: might be the only time, Nate, that I encourage fans to to, to get the <laughs> Apple uh, season yeah. pass. Because, like, yeah. come on. Nate, uh, you, Katie, and Tony Miola for a Sporting KC yeah. game. That's pretty sweet. I, like, hey, I know it's going to be a rotating group of announcers each, yeah. uh, each game. But this is one I'm like, okay. You I, think,
0: I think it's, there's... there's... There's a positive there too. Like, you won't get sick of hearing my voice. You know, you get to hear other people and see the way they call the game. Everybody's got a different slant on things and a a different interpretation of it. But uh, one of the things that is fun about getting to do this, Jordan, is we get to have the Zoom calls with the coaches and the players. um, Mm -hmm. And we just did that today, getting ready for this game. And we talked to Keegan Rosenberry and we talked to him about Yappy. And I'm going to use it now because I feel like I can do this on Sports Radio 810. We have lower standards at Apple. I probably won't be able to use this direct quote. I asked him, hey, you probably went up. I asked uh, Rosenberg, you probably went up against Yappy quite a bit in training the last couple of years. And he said, it's not fun, fun going up against him. The man has a tremendous ass, is what he said. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he's, you, you talked about the power. He's strong. He can box people out yeah. a little bit and, and on the turn. And so I asked Yappy about it. And he said, look, when I got here as, as a 15-year-old, I was a five foot eight scrawny winger, 5'11", scrawny mm-hmm. winger. He has grown into this big, powerful guy with a tremendous ass and and, and now he's learning how to use it. <laughs> I mean, the the, yeah. the potential seems really, really high as he continues to learn how to use his assets.
2: Can we make a t-shirt yeah. that says back yeah. that yap up, or <laughs> oh, something? Good
0: one. <laughs> good one, Nate. That was a long setup uh, was, to get no, there. That was really good. I should have let that one <laughs>
2: breathe really a little good. bit more.
3: You, you all will be very... Um, you probably already saw this in calling the game in Seattle but you'll be very um aware or you'll be surprised at how swift he is as well. He's big, he's strong, he can hold up the play, but he has really good feet for a big guy. And I think that that is one of the things where you're talking about the, his potential. Well, not a lot of big guys can, you know, get out of tight situations with really nice feet and he has that in him. So, uh, yeah, he has good assets I would say both and
2: his figure and um, with his feet. I. This has just been an incredible. I. I'm so glad to to know this now. Jordan's
0: to, now questioning her decision to come on the show. She's uh, like, I know. need
2: to not associate myself with whatever this. I'm, I'm just know. quoting the man. Funny you know? business. Yeah, you are. Hey, you're just. Yeah. You're not. This is. Fault. These aren't your words, Nate. He uh, well, hey, Jordan. Thank you so much for the time for coming on the show today and helping us preview this game. And for everyone listening, um, who's maybe just downloaded or purchased this MLS season platform and wants to kind of poke around be sure to go watch all the great content that Jordan and the Rapids are putting up it's a great way to get to know the other teams around the league the other teams around the Western Conference uh, for all you sporting KC fans and and certainly um, a great tool if you want to get to know these teams better ahead of these matchups throughout the season so Jordan keep it up and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon thank you yeah thank you guys Um, so good to talk to you and
3: um, not all the luck this weekend, but just have fun. I'll appropriate-
2: just have fun. Hey, just have fun. Go out there and have fun. Well, <laughs> awesome. Jordan, thank you again. And for Nate Bucati, I'm Allie Trost Martin. This has been the Sporting Kansas City Show. Be sure to tune in this Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Central Time, Sporting Kansas City taking on the Colorado Rapids in game number two of the 2023 season. You can watch it on MLS Season Pass, Nate Bucati, Tony Miola on the call, or you can listen right here on Sports Radio 810 with myself and Jay. Jacob Peterson. Have a great rest of your day, night, whenever you're listening. And we'll talk to you again next week.